welcome to the GVA Legal Podcast. My name is Jean Kambuni and I am your host. This month on 10th October, we celebrated World Mental Health Day. Mental health problems exist in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces and communities, and they impact everyone. The COVID-19 pandemic created a global crisis for mental health, lockdowns, job loss, even social distancing led to a rise in short-term stress, long-term stress, anxiety, depression for millions. And this is probably why the theme that was set by the World Federation for Mental Health for the 2022 Mental Health Day is to make mental health and well-being a global priority. On today's episode, we will talk about mental health in Kenya, specifically the regulation of mental health and what the government of Kenya has done in terms of prioritizing mental health. Our guest is Dr. Nasri Omar, the focal person, mental health systems and policy at the Ministry of Health Kenya. Welcome, Dr. Omar. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for having me. So let's just get straight into this mental health thing. What is mental health? I'll start with give a definition by WHO. Yes. And it's a state of well-being in which individuals realize his or her own potential or abilities. They can cope with the normal stresses of life. They can work productively and fruitfully and they're able to contribute to their communities. So that is how I define mental health. And what is the government's role in mental health? We have certain obligations of the government, and this is clearly laid out in the Mental Health Amendment Act of 2022. The national government is obligated to formulate policies, set standards, provide technical support and strategic direction to the counties in delivery of mental health services. This includes community-based services, and also anti-stigma programs. The national government is also tasked to provide resources for mental health treatment and care at national referral facilities, and also to promote research on mental health. This is among a few of the obligations of the national government. Now, when we come to the county government, the obligation of the county government is to provide comprehensive mental health treatment care and rehabilitation within the county health facilities, to also provide community-based mental health care, to implement national policies and strategies related to mental health. They also are required to allocate funds for mental health in their county budgets, to formulate rehabilitation programs and stigma reduction programs, and also to provide resources for integration of persons with mental illness in the community. So let me just break this down for our listeners. We have legislation that regulates mental health in Kenya. So the principal legislation that regulates mental health in Kenya is the Mental Health Act. The Mental Health Act is an old act. I think it dates back to 1989. However, this year, 2022, the Mental Health Act was updated through an amendment that came into force or was assented to in June and commenced in July of this year. And this act was to update the Mental Health Act that we had, the original, what they call the Principal Act. So what it did is that it added in provisions on mental health care in the devolved system of government. It separated the functions, what national government does and what county government does. According to the sixth schedule, the national government generally does policy formulation and creation of standards. So that's what national government do in terms of mental health. They create standards for the level of care, for the facilities, for the rights and the responsibilities of the doctors and the patients in the mental health system. Whereas the county government takes on the task of implementation. So the county government then now takes on the burden of making sure that there is access to institutions, making sure that the mental health patients are treated equally as the patients on any other health issue, if that is my understanding. Yes, it is. Yes. So on to our next question. And here I wanted to know what have been the gains in terms of mental health in the country so far? What have we done? Recently, there's been major strides which have been made in Kenya. 
on matters mental health. First, as I've said, is that we have new legislation, our amendment of our old Mental Health Act. We have the Mental Health Amendment Act of 2022. And this has really set out and prioritized the rights of persons with mental health conditions. And uh, secondly, Kenya has a mental health policy, which is a standalone policy, which many countries in the region do not have. Our policy was from 2015. We were able to come up with our action plan in 2021 to, to help us implement our policy. And in this regard, counties are already developing their county-specific mental health action plans. And this is important for us because this will lead to also resource allocation for mental health at county level. The other thing is that Kenya is the first country in the Africa region to have a mental health investment case where we are able to say how much mental health conditions cost the Kenyan economy and what is the return of investment if we put money into mental health. I'd like to add a little something about the task force on mental health and the recommendations that they made. And in fact, the task force made five recommendations on mental health and well-being. And these are the recommendations. So first, the task force asked that the national and county governments establish amenities and facilities to provide recreational activities to the public. Second, the task force recommended that all employers ensure healthy working spaces and fully fledged wellness centers are put in place in learning institutions that are staffed with psychologists. The third recommendation that the mental health task force made is this, that mental health literacy is incorporated in curricula at all levels of education, that's from schools to colleges and universities, and that similar programs are designed and implemented in the community to teach mental health literacy. And the fourth recommendation they made is that the programs are put in place like wellness and health well-being programs are put in place in the community to promote mental health and wellness in families and the general community. And finally, just like Dr. Omar said, that a presidential declaration of mental health as a public national, as a national public health emergency, sorry, is put in place. And that is what the task force recommended. What else is the government doing, Dr. Omar? The other thing is that mental health is a national priority at the moment. We had a national task force which was uh, formed in uh, 2019. They released their report in 2020. It gave a number of robust recommendations, including declaring mental health a national emergency. The other thing is that with the rising cases of suicide in the country, the ministry has developed a national suicide prevention strategy. We launched this August of this year in 2022. And this is really to lay the groundwork for what needs to be done at national level and county level, or to reduce the suicide deaths, and also to support people who've had uh, suicidal ideations or suicide attempts. And uh, as we all know, universal health coverage, uh, Kenya is implementing the UHC. It's under the big four agenda. And uh, mental health is a deliverable under UHC. And that will also ensure that when people are going to health facilities, that they're also able to access mental health services at the point of care. I'd like to jump in a little bit and talk about suicide because there's been a growing rise in the number of suicide cases in the country. And this especially amongst young people. So I want to discuss this a little bit, especially in light of the recommendations that the National Task Force on Mental Health and Wellbeing made. No, you know, suicide is underreported because um, it is criminalized in our laws. So um, anyone who is having suicidal tendencies is afraid of the legislative um, criminalization that they get from that are not willing to come out and say that they're having suicidal tendencies. And then also um, the stigma attached to um, 
suicide limits or reduces the amount of or the number of people who then report and determine that a person died out of suicide. So the recommendations made by the task force on suicide are pretty interesting. And in Kenya, we are also fortunate. We have a strong presence of uh, CSOs, community-based organizations, civil society organizations, NGOs, service user organizations who are all working towards strengthening the mental health system in the country. And I think in summary... That is essentially what we are doing, but also the COVID pandemic also really put us at the forefront and uh, it showed how much mental health impact of COVID on the Kenyan population. And this was seen globally. So what has been happening is that mental health was put as part of the key areas in the COVID-19 response in the country. And now it's part of mental health response is also part of the emergency response in the country. And that's a big win for us. You spoke about um, a research that was done about the investment in mental health. In fact, if I'm to read correctly, the Ministry of Health undertook a study to assess the current mental health situation in the country, including the challenges that people have, the opportunities for the development of a mental health system. Could you talk a little bit about that study and what we studied there? What was found out? Okay. So in 2021, the Ministry of Health collaborated with a number of partners and we conducted our first investment case for mental health. And here we were able to show there's a large economic burden of mental health conditions. And uh, we found that the total economic burden on provision of mental health conditions cost the Kenyan economy 62 billion Kenya shillings in the year 2021. That's equivalent to about 0.6% of our GDP in the year 2020. And what was surprising to see on is the fact that a lot of these expenses were not due to healthcare expenditure. Healthcare expenditure only accounted for 9% of our economic burden. Lost productivity accounted for the rest. And the lost productivity was attributed to absenteeism, which had the highest impact, economic impact of mental health conditions. And this was about 49% of the economic burden was due to absenteeism. And then 30% was due to presentism. Presentism is where we are working while we are sick, despite having reduced productivity and we still show up to work. And I think a lot of us do that. And 12% of the economic burden was due to premature mortality or premature death, that we have young people who are dying before the age of 75. And this is mainly attributed to suicide. So I can say that this is what it showed, the study. It showed that there's a huge economic burden associated with mental health issues in the society. And also the impact of mental health is multidimensional and it's cross-cutting across several sectors, not just health. The investment case also showed that there's some investment that we need to put in to reap productivity gains and also the societal gains over the next 10 years. And it proposes that uh, the country needs to put in 81.7 billion Kenya shillings over the next 10 years in mental health, giving us a return on investment of 161.6 billion. That's about double our return of investment. And this translates to productivity gains and also increasing the societal value. Before you, before you tell us about yes. where we're going to put that money, I want to take us a little bit back. You said that we have a loss to our economy of how many billions did you say? 62.2 billion. 62 billion shillings are lost annually due to mental health. And what I found interesting is what you said, that this loss is not due to the cost of accessing healthcare. So the cost of accessing healthcare is actually affordable. It is okay, you can get it. Where we are feeling this economic loss is actually 49% of it is due to productivity. So either I'm absentee, I, I don't come to work because I have a mental health issue that is debilitating and making me unable to come to work, or 
I come to work with my mental problem mm. and I have reduced productivity and finally a loss of life, young life due to suicide. So that is a total loss of future income and future productivity from these young very vibrant youth uh, members of society who could have contributed in a myriad of ways but are unable to because they lost their lives. So what kind of investment can we make? How do we fix that problem? Is it, do we need more awareness? Do workplaces need to be more accommodating? Or, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how you fix a mental health problem where the problem is not in access to care. So the investment case gave uh, some recommendations on this, on what needs to be done. And among them is, uh, one, we need to strengthen the leadership and governance in mental health at national and county level. And this will also be able to set up systems at both levels to strengthen the mental health system as a whole. Next, we also need to do a lot about mental health promotion, mental health prevention, awareness creation, because we have a lot of myths and taboos around mental health. And this is across all society and all communities. And... Uh, also access, because access to care is still a challenge. So we also need to work on that. We also need to put in investment, improving access to care, to mental health services in the country. And the care needs to be comprehensive. It needs to be human rights-based care. And uh, the other thing that we need to also invest in is also, Kenya has very good mental health documents, national documents. We need to implement these documents so that we can get the overall gain. And also in terms of promotion, there is a call for also having school-based interventions, having workplace-based interventions, and we're working on that at the moment, coming up with a school mental health policy, a workplace mental health policy. And this is critical because a lot of the population, the young people who are contributing to the economy, we find them in the schools and we find them in society. They're the ones working, they're the ones in our workplaces. So this is where we need to put a lot of their investment. And the investment case has also even laid down the interventions we can take and what's the return of investment on each intervention. And it shows that interventions towards depression, those ones have the highest return on investment. And depression is very common. In Kenya, it's the most common mental health disorder that we have in the country. So I would, I would phrase it that way. But in total, what showed the investment case is that Kenya needs to put in $81.7 in over 10 years. That's about $8 billion every year in mental health. And this doesn't mean it's only health. The investment case calls for a whole-of-government, whole-of-society approach towards tackling this issue of mental health or this high burden of mental health conditions in the society. Now, I'd like to inform our listeners that this particular study that we're talking about um, looked at, in fact, one of the first statistics I think I found when I read the report, which I will find a way to link to all our listeners, is um, that close to half of the adults in Kenya have experienced at least one mental health condition in their lifetime. That I found as a staggering statistic. That means that if of every two people you know, one of them has had a mental health condition. Every two adults in Kenya, one of them has had a mental health condition. That shows why the government is determined to invest 8 billion shillings each and every year in fighting or finding solutions for or in creating an environment in which mental health conditions can be addressed. In fact, the study looked at what they call our six leading mental and neurological substance use conditions. And I'll name them just so that we know them. Anxiety disorders, our founders of one of the main conditions that we have in Kenya. Depression, as you said, is the most common that we've had. Psychosis, bipolar disorder, epilepsy and alcohol use 
disorder. So these investments by government into mental health will target those six leading mental and neurological substance use conditions. And I think that the government focusing on this shows the importance of mental health in ensuring that um, other societal outcomes are achieved. So problems in mental health care find themselves showing up in your education if you're a student. They show up in your workplace if you work. They show up in your family. If you're a parent, they affect your children and then you have sub subsequent um, problems showing up in the children as well. So I agree with you that to be able to address um, mental health, we need a whole of government approach. Is there any other investment that the government is making um, aside from the policy investments and the uh, budgetary investments? What else is government working towards? in terms of mental health? So in terms of what is our role right now is that we are doing a lot of technical support to the counties to enable the counties to develop their own mental health action plans, to come up with promotion programs for mental health, to come up with stigma reduction programs, because we understand that mental health affects everyone and it affects all the counties and it affects the whole country as a whole. And we're also doing a lot of public awareness on mental health. We are running campaigns on social media, through print media, and even here today, where we are and creating awareness about what mental health is all about. So I think that's that's in summary what we're doing. Some final words. What would you like to tell our listeners about mental health in general as a spokesperson, a focal person on mental health from the government perspective? So I would like to say is that let's make mental health everyone's business. And mental health affects us all, from all walks of life. And I really encourage and urge you to champion mental wellness wherever you are. Start with yourself as an individual, to your family, to your community, to your workplace. And these intentional steps is what will eventually lead to a mentally healthy society. Thank you for that. That brings us to the end of this episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Nasri Omar, the focal person, mental health system and policy at the Ministry of Health, Kenya. Thank you so much for your excellent insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And before I end this episode on mental health, I'd like to inform our listeners that we have another episode on mental health at the workplace. It was hosted by Andrew Njenga and Aneta Kama. And our guest was Aldo Oluch Olunya. And they give you tools and strategies for a better professional experience. They talk about the stigma attached to mental health. They talk about students and how students perceive mental health. They really do a really excellent episode. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. So dedicate that time to understand mental health from the practice perspective and if you just want to connect with us or give us some suggestions you can send us an email our email address is info at gvalawfirm.com you can also follow Gikera and Vadgama advocates on social media find us on LinkedIn Twitter Instagram and Facebook as GVA Law Firm thank you for joining us on the GVA Legal Podcast I'm your host Jean Kambuni let's get